Welcome to the second episode of Ink Spill, a podcast where hosts Abby Rubish and Avani Rai take turns inviting community staff to spill on all things NCHS. From juniors taking the PSAT to seniors working on college applications, the typical upperclassman's October can be overwhelming to say the least. I'm Abby Rubish, and today I'm asking Mr. Michael Roller, who has spent his 17-year career teaching chemistry at Community, to spill on how his perspectives on standardized testing and college admissions have changed since high school, and offer advice regarding the process to our listeners. Thanks so much for having me. So in your 17 years at Community, you've seen and done some interesting things, among them your annual Halloween demo. So tell us a little bit about this tradition. Well, so um, I I did not start this. This has been this way, uh, probably started by Mr. Christofferson and Mr. Bergman at the old high school. But every year on Halloween, we take the day off. We cram, at least pre-COVID, we would cram three classes or more together and just spend the hour doing demonstrations. We make slime shoot holes in the ceiling, and uh, blow up pumpkins, um, and also set students' hands on fire. We're hoping to do that this year as well, um, now that we're maybe out of the pandemic, so hopefully we can look forward to that. Yeah, so beyond things like lighting students' hands on fire for Halloween, your classes are pretty unique year-round because you take the time to discuss topics beyond chemistry, sometimes standardized testing, things like life after high school. And so, of course, the students in your class today are experiencing the SAT and ACT differently than you did when you were in high school. Um, So how have you seen standardized testing change from when you were a student to now? Well, so first of all, when I was in high school, it wasn't required. You had to pay money and you had to elect to take either the ACT or the uh, SAT, and it would depend on where you wanted to go to school. Um, Most Midwestern schools wanted the ACT, and if you were looking out east or on the coast, on the west coast, you would have to do the SAT. Um, And so it just kind of depended. I did both because I was applying to a variety of different colleges. Um, But also, we didn't have, like, preparatory courses that existed. And, you know, maybe there were books that you could buy to get extra copies of the test to practice, but that wasn't a common thing. You just showed up and you took the test and you hoped for the best. And if it didn't go well, then maybe you tried it again. But keep in mind, this is costing... Even back then, this is you know 25 years ago, probably cost $100 per test. So I know my mom was was kind of like, yeah, you can you can take it twice, but that's that's gonna be it. And so now, it's mandated by the state for all juniors, which is good for low income students. Um, in my tenure, it used to be the ACT. Now it's the SAT, which all comes down to politics and funding. Um, And so, you know, it used to be this thing where college admission boards would say that this was a good indicator of how a student would do in college, right? You could look at their ACT score and that would predict success levels. And I feel like colleges are moving away from these standardized tests because that's not true anymore. And so they're maybe looking at other indicators like your GPA, your personal statements, letters of recommendation, that sort of thing. So you did talk a little bit about more preparation materials being available to students now. So today, how do you think a student should prepare for a standardized test? Well, so honestly, I reflect on this a lot in the context of my own children because I have a 10-year-old. And so she's going to be looking to take these probably in you know five to six years. 
Um, I'm not sure I would go as far as a prep course, uh, depending on how much they would cost. But I mean, I've heard from students, it helps. I would recommend buying a practice book because what I, what I realized was that it wasn't so much that the test was hard. It's that they had a certain way of asking questions. So if you can acclimate yourself to the, the types of questions they're going to ask and also the pace, because on some sections you're going to feel rushed for time. So if you can get yourself in that headspace and give yourself a little bit of practice ahead of time, I think you're going to perform better on those exams. So those, those would, if you were going to do one simple thing, it would be to get a practice book. You could probably get it at the library, check it out, and just take some practice exams to get a sense for the kinds of questions they ask. I think that would help. Uh, so then what is your opinion on standardized, standardized tests in general? Would you say that they're worthwhile? You know, I, I'm thinking maybe there, there is a place for them as one bit of data that an admissions officer could look at to decide, do we want to admit the student? I don't think it, it holds the same importance that it did when I was in school. Because when I was in school, basically, if you didn't meet a certain ACT cut score, you shouldn't even bother applying to these particular colleges or maybe programs within the college, like U of I, where I went. And the College of Engineering, if you don't have at least a 32, you shouldn't even bother applying because you're not going to be a competitive applicant. Now, maybe that's changed now. Um, and so, you know, it, it's just, I, I don't think they hold a whole lot of weight. Now, I'm an excellent test taker, so I did very well on standardized tests. But I know plenty of incredibly intelligent people that are way more successful than I am now who did poorly on standardized tests. So if I asked if they're worthwhile, I would say probably not. So, yeah. yeah. So when you were going through this college application process, how many and what colleges did you choose to apply to? So, again, talking to my parents, um, they allowed me to apply to five because back then, and this was 20 years ago, it was like $100 an application. That's not $500 is not a small amount of money. Now, my goodness, I can't imagine how much it even costs to do this. So I applied to, I well, <laughs> I thought very highly of myself, and I was a very good student, so I had it in my head that I was going to go Ivy League. And so I applied to Princeton and Cornell and University of Pennsylvania. And those were my big, um, you know, my, my big ask, if you will, my pie in the sky. Um, I also applied to U of I and then Truman State University, which is a small liberal arts school. Um, Princeton was my number one, and I did not get in. I did get into Cornell and the University of Pennsylvania, and I really thought about going, but ultimately when I looked at the price tag, it just, my mom was basically like, look, we can help you, you know, a little bit, but you're going to have to take on a ton of student debt to do this. And even back then when the prices were more reasonable, I just, it didn't really feel like I was getting twice the education from, let's say, University of Pennsylvania as I would at University of Illinois. And the cost was literally twice as much. And if you look at it now, 20 years later, it has, it has stayed proportionate. It's still twice as much to go there. So I ended up going to U of I, and I got an incredible education there. Right. And you majored in chemistry there, um, which is something that many students struggle to decide on. Many students struggle to pick a major, which makes it difficult to pick a college, Absolutely. things like that. And so what helped you decide on chemistry? So I, I really loved chemistry. I had an amazing teacher, and I was really good at it. And, and also, not 
not insignificantly, uh, scientists made pretty decent money, especially engineers. So that that's what started me off on the path. I went back and forth on what I wanted to be um, probably a half dozen times. And eventually, I, I actually didn't arrive at an answer, and I just said, okay, I'm just going to finish my degree in chemistry, and I'll use that. Maybe I'll go to grad school and get an MBA, or maybe I'll decide to go to medical school. Who knows? You know, I just thought, okay, I'll finish it up. And then I started TAing at college when I was a junior. And it was like, okay, wow, this is really cool. I get to talk about chemistry. I get to work with people, which I enjoy. And the rest is history. So I stayed on and got my teaching certificate in addition to my master's degree in chemistry. And here we are. And then if you could give your high school self one piece of advice regarding this whole admissions process, what would it be? Um, regarding the admissions process, you know, we didn't have the internet back then, <laughs> at least not, not really. And so we couldn't just like go to a website and find all this information about the different colleges and universities. We had pamphlets, we had brochures, and then if we had the financial means, we could maybe go visit some of these places and check them out. But I, I would really, I would do your research. Um, don't apply to colleges lightly. Really imagine yourself there. Really think about, would I do well in an environment like U of I that has 40,000 students? You know, on the one hand, you have tremendous opportunities, and on the other hand, um, you are a teeny tiny minnow in a, in a vast ocean of people. Maybe, and I, I reflect on this personally, maybe you would do better at a smaller, you know, uh, more liberal arts school. I think I probably would have done better. I would have matured more slowly, um, and I, I think I, I'm not sure that I would be more successful now, but I think that time in my life would have been less hard, less yeah. tumultuous. Um, but I, you know, I, I wasn't asking my, myself those questions. So put some time and thought into where you want to apply and if it's actually a good fit. Um, in terms of the admission process, Give your teachers plenty of time to write recommendations. Don't come to us and say, hey, can you have this for me in two days? Um, but also, you know, really spend some time on your personal essays, your personal statements. Um, give yourself enough time to do multiple drafts. When I write, I would kind of write something out, and then I'd let it sit for a day or two. And then i kind of come back and read what I wrote. And sometimes I'm like, okay, this is pretty good, and maybe I'll make some changes. And other times I'm like, oh, my God, this is – who wrote this? God, For sure, yeah. Throw that away. Um, but you don't want to feel rushed when you're doing this. Um, so, you know, start start thinking about this probably as a junior, as a you know junior halfway through the year so that you have your summer before your senior year where you're really thinking about these things. Yeah. And then in regards to college itself, which you kind of touched on a little bit, is there anything that you wish you would have known about college before you started? So I think I, I have a couple of bits of advice. Um, first, um, take lots of, take a wide variety of classes. Um, when, you know, you have all these general ed requirements that you have to do, like you have to take a history class and you have to take a, you know, a math class and whatever else. Take things that interest you because you never know. You might stumble onto something that then, drives you toward a career, even though what you thought you went into is what you wanted to do. So take a wide variety of classes. Explore. This is a time in your life where you have more freedom than you ever have had, probably, and you are surrounded by all these opportunities. Lean into that. The other bit of advice is um, 
what you put in is proportional to what you get out, which is to say that if you just go to college, really if you do anything, and you just do the bare minimum, and you just kind of coast through, okay, I got my college degree. Okay, you'll get a degree. I'm not sure you're going to get much more than that. But if you really lean into it, if you really explore, if you get involved, if you try something brand new that you've never done, um, you know, make connections with people, make connections with professors. Um, those are the kinds of things that are going to lead to more opportunities and a more fulfilling life experience. So you, you get out what you put in, I think, is a good kind of life mantra. Um, the other one that I'll throw out there, because I've been reflecting on this a lot, as I talk to my juniors and seniors about this as well, it probably doesn't matter as much where you go to school as much as what you do while you're there. Um, and so I know, like, right now, when students think about, oh, I want to have a degree from this place because it'll be so impressive and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I have to tell you, 10 years from now, when you're working, nobody talks about where they went to college anymore, right? It's not like a thing. I don't go to other teachers and say, well, I went to U of I. Where did you go? I mean, that's, that's yeah. not a thing, right? It doesn't matter. We're both teachers. We're both paid the same amount of money. But if wherever you do go, if you lean into it, if you get to know your professors, if you try to do research or internships or, you know, job shadow, those are the kinds of things that really make a difference once you get out into the world and are given many more opportunities. So those are my pearls of wisdom. All right. And now that you are in the working world yes. as a high school teacher, how has your attitude towards college and standardized testing changed from when you were a student? Um, with regard to college, you know, college is one of those things where you don't have to go to college to be successful, but it sure does give you a lot more opportunities. And, you know, when I was going to school, having a bachelor's was kind of good enough and going to grad school was like icing on the cake. Now I feel like having a bachelor's is kind of like what having a high school diploma used to be for a lot of these positions. Like, yeah, you have a, a bachelor's, but what else now? So Going to grad school might be important for particular fields of study. Um, as it relates to standardized tests, it doesn't make a bit of difference. It really doesn't. Um, you know, I can look back. How I did on my standardized tests did impact which schools I went to, perhaps, which ones I was admitted to, et cetera. But now, you know, 20 years later, it doesn't make a bit of and I remember being so stressed, right? Like, oh, I have to get the score, or oh, I want to do better. Like, oh, what if, what if, what if? It doesn't matter. It makes no difference whatsoever. Okay, and then why do you think it's important to talk to your students about topics like this beyond just chemistry in your classes? Well, I find chemistry really fascinating. It turns out not everyone does. So sometimes I like to go off on tangents. Um, and if you've ever had me as a student, but I also, like, I'm not just a chemistry teacher. I'm, in a lot of ways, a mentor. And if I can pass on things that I didn't know when I was a high school student, then I feel like that's a, a good thing to consider. Um, you know, pearls of wisdom. You know, here are the things that I've learned. Maybe you'll experience those. Maybe you won't. But that makes the class more interesting and more well-rounded and more enriching and more enjoyable for me, too, quite frankly. Yeah, definitely more enjoyable for your students. Yeah. That was definitely one of my favorite parts of your class. I'm very glad to hear that. So that's all I have for today. Those were some great answers. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.